Section twenty nine of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part twenty nine. Of the Street Sellers of Ham Sandwiches. The ham sandwich seller carries his sandwiches on a tray or flat basket covered with a clean white cloth. He also wears a white apron and white sleeves. His usual stand is at the doors of the theatres. The trade was unknown until eleven years ago, when a man who had been unsuccessful in keeping a coffee-shop in Westminster found it necessary to look out for some mode of living, and he hit upon the plan of fending sandwiches, precisely in the present style, at the theatre doors. The attempt was successful. The man soon took ten shillings a night, half of which was profit. He attended both the great theatres, and was doing well, but at five or six weeks' end competitors appeared in the field, and increased rapidly, and so his sale was affected, people being regardless of his urging that he was the original ham sandwich. The capital required to start in the trade was small. A few pounds of ham, a proportion of loaves, and a little mustard was all that was required and for this ten shillings was ample. That sum, however, could not be commanded by many who were anxious to deal in sandwiches, and the man who commenced the trade supplied them at sixpence a dozen, the charge to the public being a penny apiece. Some of the men, however, murmured because they thought that what they thus bought were not equal to those the wholesale sandwich-man offered for sale himself, and his wholesale trade fell off. Until now, I am told, he has only two customers among street sellers. Ham sandwiches are made from any part of the bacon which may be sufficiently lean, such as the gammon, which now costs fourpence and fivepence the pound. It is sometimes, but very rarely, picked up at threepence halfpenny. When the trade was first started, sevenpence a pound was paid for the ham, but the sandwiches are now much larger. To make three dozen, a pound of meat is required, and four quartern loaves. The ham may cost fivepence, the bread one shilling and eightpence, or one shilling and tenpence, and the mustard one penny. The proceeds for this would be three shillings, but the trade is very precarious. Little can be done in wet weather. If unsold, the sandwiches spoil, for the bread gets dry, and the ham loses its fresh colour so that those who depend upon this trade are wretchedly poor. A first-rate week is to clear ten shillings, a good week is put at seven shillings, and a bad week at three shillings and sixpence. On some nights they do not sell a dozen sandwiches. There are halfpenny sandwiches, but these are only half the size of those at a penny. The persons carrying on this trade have been, for the most part, in some kind of service, errand-boys, pot-boys, foot-boys, or pages, or lads engaged about inns. Some few have been mechanics. Their average weekly earnings hardly exceed five shillings, but some get odd jobs at other things. There are now, sir, at the theatres this, note, the strand, end note, side the water, and at Ashley's, the Surrey, and the Vic, two dozen and nine sandwiches. So said one of the trade who counted up his brethren for me. This man calculated also that at the Standard, the saloons, the concert-rooms, and at Limehouse, Mile End, Bethnal Green Road, and elsewhere, 
there might be more than as many again as those working the theatres or seventy in all they are nearly all men and no boys or girls are now in the trade the number of these people when the large theatres were open with the others was about double what it is now the information collected shows that the expenditure in ham sandwiches supplied by the street sellers is one thousand eight hundred and twenty pounds yearly and a consumption of four hundred and thirty six thousand eight hundred sandwiches to start in the ham sandwich street trade requires two shillings for a basket two shillings for kettle to boil ham in sixpence for knife and fork twopence for mustard pot and spoon sevenpence for half a hundredweight of coals five shillings for ham one and threepence for bread fourpence for mustard ninepence for basket cloth and apron fourpence for oversleeves or a capital of twelve shillings eleven pence of the experience of a ham sandwich seller a young man gave me the following account his look and manners were subdued and though his dress was old and worn it was clean and unpatched i hardly remember my father sir he said but i believe if he'd lived i should have been better off my mother couldn't keep my brother and me he's older than me when we grew to be twelve or thirteen and we had to shift for ourselves she works at the stays and now makes only three shillings a week and we can't help her i was first in place as a sort of errand boy then i was a stationer's boy and then a newsagent's boy i wasn't wanted any longer but left with a good character my brother had gone into the sandwich trade i hardly know what made him and he advised me to be a ham sandwich man and so i started as one at first i made ten shillings and seven shillings and eight shillings a week that's seven years or so but things are worse now and i make three shillings and sixpence some weeks and five shillings others and six shillings is an out and outer my rent's two shillings a week but i haven't my own things i'm so sick of this life i'd do anything to get out of it but i don't see a way perhaps i might have been more careful when i was first in it but really if you do make ten shillings a week you want shoes or a shirt so what is ten shillings after all i wish i had it now though i used to buy my sandwiches at sixpence a dozen but i found that wouldn't do and now i buy and boil the stuff and make them myself what did cost me sixpence now only cost me fourpence or fourpence halfpenny i worked the theatres this side of the water chiefly the limpic and the delphi the best theatre i ever had was the guarding when it had two galleries and was dramatic the operas there wasn't the least good to me the lyceum was good when it was mr keeley's i hardly know what sort my customers are but they're those that go to theatres shopkeepers and clerks i think gentlemen don't often buy of me they have bought though oh no they never give a farthing over they're more likely to want seven for sixpence the women of the town buy of me when it gets late for themselves and their fancy men they're liberal enough when they've money they sometimes treat a poor fellow in a public house in summer i'm often out till four in the morning and then must lie in bed half next day the delphi was better than it is i've taken three shillings at the first turn out note the leaving the theatre for a short time after the first piece End note. but the turnouts at the guarding was better than that a penny pie-shop has spoiled us at the delphi and at ashley's i go out between eight and nine in the evening people often want more in my sandwiches though i'm starving on them oh they'll say you've been prenticed to vauxhall you have 
they're a shilling there says i and no bigger i haven't vauxhall prices i stand by the night houses when it's late not the fashionables their customers wouldn't look at me but i've known women that carried their heads very high glad to get the sandwich afterwards six times i've been upset by drunken fellows on purpose i've no doubt and lost all my stock once a gent kicked my basket into the dirt and he was going off for it was late but some people by began to make remarks about using a poor fellow that way so he paid for all after he had them counted i am so sick of this life sir i do dread the winter so i've stood up to the ankles in snow till after midnight and till i've wished i was snow myself and could melt like it and have an end i'd do anything to get away from this but i can't passion week's another dreadful time it drives us to starve just when we want to get up a little stock money for easter i've been bilked by cabmen who've taken a sandwich but instead of paying for it have offered to fight me there's no help we're knocked about sadly by the police time's very heavy on my hands sometimes and that's where you feel it i read a bit if i can get anything to read for i was at st clement's school or i walk out to look for a job on summer days i sell a trotter or two but mine's a wretched life and so is most ham sandwich men i've no enjoyment of my youth and no comfort ah oh, sir i live very poorly a ha'porth or a penneth of cheap fish which i cook myself is one of my treats either herrings or place with a tater perhaps then there's a sort of meal now and then off the odds and ends of the ham such as isn't quite viewy enough for the public along with the odds and ends of the loaves i can't boil a bit of greens with my ham because i'm afraid it might rather spoil the colour i don't slice the ham till it's cold it cuts easier and is a better colour then i think i wash my aprons and sleeves and cloths myself and iron them too a man that sometimes makes only three shillings and sixpence a week and sometimes less and must pay two shillings rent out of that must look after every farthing i've often walked eight miles to see if i could find ham a half penny a pound cheaper anywhere if it was tainted i know it would be flung in my face if i was sick there's only the parish for me of the street sellers of bread the street trade in bread is not so extensive as might be expected from the universality of the consumption it is confined to petticoat lane and the poorer districts in that neighbourhood a person who has known the east end of town for nearly fifty years told me that as long as he could recollect bread was sold in the streets but not to the present extent in eighteen twelve and eighteen thirteen when bread was the dearest there was very little sold in the streets at that time and until eighteen fifteen the assize acts regulating the bread trade were in force and had been in force in london since twelve sixty six previously to eighteen fifteen bakers were restricted by these acts to the baking of three kinds of bread wheaten standard wheaten and household the wheaten was made of the best flour the standard wheaten of the different kinds of flour mixed together and the household of the coarser and commoner flour in eighteen twenty three however it was enacted that within the city of london and ten miles round it shall be lawful for the bakers to make and sell bread made of wheat barley rye oats buckwheat indian corn peas beans rice or potatoes or any of them along with 
common salt pure water eggs milk balm leaven potato or other yeast and mixed in such proportions as they shall think fit i mention this because my informant as well as an old master baker with whom i conversed on the subject remembered that every now and then after eighteen twenty three but only for two or three years some speculative trader both in shops and in the streets would endeavour to introduce an inferior but still a wholesome bread to his customers such as an admixture of barley with wheat flour but no one as far as i could learn persevered in the speculation for more than a week or so their attempts were not only unsuccessful but they met with abuse from street buyers especially for endeavouring to palm off brown bread as good enough for poor people one of my elder informants remembered his father telling him that in eighteen hundred and eighteen o one george the third had set the example of eating brown bread at his one o'clock dinner but he was sometimes assailed as he passed in his carriage with the reproachful epithet of brown george this feeling continues for the poor people and even the more intelligent working men if cockneys have still a notion that only white bread is fit for consumption into the question of the relative nutrition of breads i shall enter when i treat of the bakers during a period of about four months in the summer there are from twenty to thirty men daily selling stale bread of these only twelve sell it regularly every day of the year and they trade chiefly on their own account of the others some are sent out by their masters receiving from one shilling to two shillings for their labour those who sell on their own account go round to the baker's shops about stepney mile end and whitechapel and purchase the stale bread on hand it is sold to them at a halfpenny a penny and a penny halfpenny per quartern less than the retail shop price but when the weather is very hot and the bakers have a large quantity of stale bread on hand the street sellers sometimes get the bread at twopence a quartern less than the retail price all the street sellers of bread have been brought up as bakers some have resorted to the street trade i am told when unable to procure work others because it is a less toilsome and sometimes a more profitable means of subsistence than the labour of an operative baker it is very rarely that any of the street traders leave their calling to resume working as journeymen some of these traders have baskets containing the bread offered for street sale others have barrows and one has a barrow resembling a costermonger's with a long basket made to fit upon it the dress of these vendors is a light coat of cloth or fustian corduroy fustian or cloth trousers and a cloth cap or a hat the whole attire being what is best understood as dusty ingrained as it is with flour from one bread-seller a middle-aged man with the pale look and habitual stoop of a journeyman baker i had the following account i've known the street trade a few years i can't say exactly how many i was a journeyman baker before that and can't say but what i had pretty regular employment but then sir what an employment it is so much night work and the heat of the oven with the close air and sleeping on sacks at nights for you can't leave the place so that altogether it's a slave's life a journeyman baker hasn't what can be called a home for he's so much away at the oven 
he'd better not be a married man for if his wife isn't very careful there's talk and there's unhappiness about nothing perhaps i can't be thought to speak feelingly that way though for i've been fortunate in a wife but a journeyman baker's life drives him to drink almost whether he will or not a street life's not quite so bad i was out of work two or three weeks and i certainly lushed too much and can't say as i tried very hard to get work but i had a pound or two in hand and then i began to think i'd try and sell stale bread in the streets for it's a healthfuller trade than the other so i started and have been at it ever since excepting when i work a few days or weeks for a master baker but he's a relation and i assist him when he's ill my customers are all poor persons some in rags and some as decent as their bad earnings will let them no doubt about it sir there's poor women by of me that's wives of mechanics working slop and that's forced to live on stale bread where there's a family of children stale bread goes so very much further i think i sell to few but what has families for a quarter's too much at a time for a single woman i often hear my customers talk about their children and say they must make haste as the poor things are hungry and they couldn't get them any bread sooner oh it's a hard fight to live all spitalfields and bethnal greenway for i know it all there are first the journeyman bakers overworked and fretted into drinking and making the bread and there are the poor fellows in all sorts of trade overworked to get money to buy it i've had women that looked as if they was reduced come to me of an evening as soon as it was dusk and buy stale bread as if they was ashamed to be seen yes i give credit some has a week's credit regular and pays every saturday night i lose very little in trusting i sometimes have bread over and sell it rather than hold it over the next day for half what it cost me i've given it away to begging people sooner than keep it to be too stale and they would get something for it at a lodging-house the lodging-house keepers never buy of me that i know of they can buy far cheaper than i can you understand sir perhaps altogether i make about a guinea every week wet weather and short days are against me i don't sell more i think on a saturday than on other nights the nights are much of a muchness that way the average quantity sold by each vendor during the summer months is one hundred and fifty quarterns daily usually at fourpence but occasionally at threepence the quartern one man informed me that he had sold in one day three hundred and fifty quarterns receiving five pounds sixteen shillings and eightpence for them the number of men for if there be women they are the men's wives engaged daily throughout the year in the street sale of bread is twelve these sell upon an average one hundred quarterns each per day taking every day in the year one pound twelve shillings each a few being sold at threepence calculating then the four months trade in summer at one hundred and fifty quarterns per day per man and reckoning fifteen men so selling and each receiving forty-five shillings thus allowing for the three-penny sale and taking the receipts of the twelve regular traders at one pound twelve shillings per day we find nearly nine thousand pounds annually expended in the street purchase of seven hundred thousand quartern loaves of bread the profits of the sellers vary from one pound to two pounds a week according to the extent of their business to start in this branch of the street trade a capital is required according to the following rate stock money for bread average one pound 
largest amount required five pounds smallest ten shillings a basket four shillings and sixpence of those who are employed in the summer one half have baskets and the other half baker's barrows while of those who attend the year through eight have baskets at four shillings and sixpence each three have barrows at forty shillings each and one a barrow and the long basket before mentioned the barrow costs thirty shillings and the basket two pounds of the street sellers of hot green peas the sale of hot green peas in the streets is of great antiquity that is to say if the cry of hot peas cod recorded by lydgate and formerly alluded to may be taken as having intimated the sale of the same article in many parts of the country it is or was customary to have scaldings of peas often held as a sort of rustic feast the peas were not shelled but boiled in the pod and eaten by the pod being dipped in melted butter with a little pepper salt and vinegar and then drawn through the teeth to extract the peas the pod being thrown away the mention of peas cod or pea shell by lydgate renders it probable that the scalding method was that then in use in the streets none of the street sellers however whom i saw remembered the peas being vended in any other form than shelled and boiled as at present the sellers of green peas have no stands but carry a round or oval tin pot or pan with a swing handle the pan being wrapped round with a thick cloth to retain the heat the peas are served out with a ladle and eaten by the customers if eaten in the street out of basins provided with spoons by the pea man salt vinegar and pepper are applied from the vendor's store at the customer's discretion there are now four men carrying on this trade they wear no particular dress just what clothes we can get said one of them one who has been in the trade twenty-five years was formerly an inn porter the other three are ladies shoemakers in the daytime and pea sellers in the evening or at early morning in any market their average sale is three gallons daily with a receipt of seven shillings per man seven gallons a day is accounted a large sale but the largest of all is at greenwich fair when each pea man will take thirty-five shillings in a day each vendor has his district one takes billingsgate rosemary lane and its vicinity another the old clothes exchange bishopsgate shoreditch and bethnal green a third mile end and stepney and a fourth ratcliffe highway limehouse and poplar each man resides in his round for the convenience of boiling his peas and introducing them to his customers hot and hot the peas used in this traffic are all the dried field pea but dried green and whole and not split or prepared as are the yellow peas for soup or puddings they are purchased at the corn chandlers or the seed shops the price being two shillings the peck or two gallons the peas are soaked before they are boiled and swell considerably so that one gallon of the dried peas makes rather more than two gallons of the boiled the hot green peas are sold in half pennyworths a half pennyworth being about a quarter of a pint the cry of the sellers is hot green pea all hot all hot here's your peas hot 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 of the experience of a hot green pea seller the most experienced man in the trade gave me the following account come the twenty-fifth of march sir 
and I shall have been twenty-six years in the business, for I started it on the twenty-fifth of March. It's a day easy for to remember, cause everybody knows it's quarter day in eighteen twenty-five. I was a porter in coaching inns before, but there was a mishap, and I had to drop it. I didn't leave cause I thought the P-line might be better, but because I must do something, and knew a man in the trade and all about it. It was a capital trade then, and for a good many years after I was in it. Many a day I've taken a guinea, and sometimes thirty-five shillings, and I have taken two guineas at Greenwich Fair, but then I worked till one or two in the morning from eleven the day before. Money wasn't so scarce then. Oh, sir, as to what my profit was or is, I never tell. I wouldn't to my own wife, neither her that's living nor her that's dead. Note, a person present intimated that the secret might be safely confided to the dead wife, but the pea-seller shook his head. End note. Now, one day with another, except Sundays when I don't work, I may take seven shillings. I always use the dried peas. They pay better than fresh garden peas would at a groat a peck. People has asked for young green peas, but I've said that I didn't have them. Billingsgate's my best ground. I sell to the costers and the roughs, and all the parties that has their dinners in the tap-rooms. They has a bit of steak or a bit of cold meat they've brought with them. There's very little fish eat in Billingsgate, except perhaps at the ordinaries. Note, ordinaries, end note. I'm looked for as regular as dinner-time. The landlords tell me to give my customers plenty of pepper and salt to make them thirsty. I go on board the Billingsgate ships, too, and sometimes sell sixpence worth to captain and crew. It's a treat after a rough voyage. Oh, no, sir, I never go on board the Dutch eel vessels. There's nothing to be got out of scaly furriners. Note, foreigners. End note. I sell to the herring and mackerel and oyster boats when they're up. My great sale is in public houses, but I sometimes sell tuppence or threepence worth to private houses. I go out morning, noon, and night, and at night I go my round when people's having a bite of supper, perhaps, in the public houses. I sell to the women of the town, then. Yes, I give them credit. Tonight, now, note, Saturday, end note, I expect to receive two shillings and threepence, or near on to it, that I've trusted them this week. They mostly pay me on a Saturday night. I lose very little by them. I'm knocked about in public houses by the Billingsgate roughs, and I've been bilked by the prigs. I've known at least six people try my trade, and fail in it, and I was glad to see them broke. I sell twice as much in cold weather as in warm. I ascertained that my informant sold three times as much as the other dealers, who confined their trade principally to an evening round. Reckoning that the chief man of business sells three gallons a day, note, which at one penny the quarter pint would be eight shillings, my informant said seven shillings, end note, and that the other three together sell the same quantity, we find a street expenditure on hot green peas of two hundred and fifty pounds, and a street consumption of one thousand eight hundred and seventy gallons, the peas costing two shillings the two gallons, are vended for four shillings or five shillings at the least, as they boil into more than double the quantity, and a gallon retail is two shillings and eightpence, but the addition of vinegar, pepper, and so on, may reduce the profit to cent per cent, while there is the heaping up of every measure retail to reduce the profit. Independent of any consideration as to the labour in boiling and so on, 
generally done by the women, the principal man's profit is twenty-one shillings a week, that of the others seven shillings each weekly. The capital required to start in the business is can, two shillings and sixpence, vinegar bottle and pepper box, fourpence, saucers and spoons, sixpence, stock money, about two shillings, cloth to wrap over the peas, fourpence. Note, a vendor wearing out a cloth in three months, end note, or an average of nine shillings or ten shillings. Of Cats and Dogs Meat Dealers The supply of food for cats and dogs is far greater than may be generally thought. Why, sir, said one of the dealers to me, can you tell me how many people's in London? On my replying upwards of two millions, I don't know nothing whatever, said my informant, about millions, but I think there's a cat to every ten people, aye, and more than that, and so, sir, you can reckon. Note, I told him this gave a total of two hundred thousand cats in London, but the number of inhabited houses in the metropolis was one hundred thousand more than this, and though there was not a cat to every house, still as many lodgers as well as householders kept cats, I added that I thought the total number of cats in London might be taken at the same number as the inhabited houses, or three hundred thousand in all. End note. There's not nearly half so many dogs as cats, I must know, for they all knows me, and I serves about two hundred cats and seventy dogs. Mine's a middling trade, but some does far better. Some cats has a ha'porth a day, some every other day. Wary few can afford a penneth, but times is inferior. Dogs is better pay when you've a connection among em. The cat and dogs meat dealers, or carriers, as they call themselves, generally purchase the meat at the knackers, horse slaughterers, yards. There are upwards of twenty of such yards in London. Three or four are in Whitechapel, one in Wandsworth, two in Cowcross. One of the last two mentioned is the largest establishment in London, and there are two about Bermondsey. The proprietors of these yards purchase live and dead horses. They contract for them with large firms, such as brewers, coal merchants, and large cab and bus yards, giving so much per head for their old live and dead horses throughout the year. The price varies from two pounds to fifty shillings the carcass. The knackers also have contractors in the country, harness-makers and others, who bring or send up to town for them the live and dead stock of those parts. The dead horses are brought to the yard, two or three upon one cart, and sometimes five. The live ones are tied to the rail of these carts, and behind the tail of each other. Occasionally a string of fourteen or fifteen are brought up, head to tail at one time. The live horses are purchased merely for slaughtering. If among the lot bought there should chance to be one that is young, but in bad condition, it is placed in the stable, fed up, and then put into the knacker's carts, or sold by them, or let on hire. Occasionally a fine horse has been rescued from death in this manner. One person is known to have bought an animal for fifteen shillings, for which he afterwards got a hundred and fifty pounds. Frequently, young horses that will not work in cabs, such as jibs, are sold to the horse slaughterers as useless. They are kept in the yard, and after being well fed, often turn out good horses. The live horses are slaughtered by the persons called knackers. These men get upon an average four shillings a day. They begin work at twelve at night, 
because some of the flesh is required to be boiled before six in the morning indeed a great part of the meat is delivered to the carriers before that hour the horse to be slaughtered has his mane clipped as short as possible on account of the hair which is valuable it is then blinded with a piece of old apron smothered in blood so that it may not see the slaughterman when about to strike a pole-axe is used and a cane to put an immediate end to the animal's sufferings after the animal is slaughtered the hide is taken off and the flesh cut from the bones in large pieces these pieces are termed according to the part from which they are cut hindquarters forequarters cram bones throats necks briskets backs ribs kidney pieces hearts tongues liver and lights the bones called racks by the knackers are chopped up and boiled in order to extract the fat which is used for greasing common harness and the wheels of carts and drags and so on the bones themselves are sold for manure the pieces of flesh are thrown into large coppers or pans about nine feet in diameter and four feet deep each of these pans will hold about three good-sized horses sometimes two large brewers horses will fill them and sometimes as many as four poor cab horses may be put into them the flesh is boiled about an hour and twenty minutes for a killed horse and from two hours to two hours and twenty minutes for a dead horse note a horse dying from age or disease end note. the flesh when boiled is taken from the coppers laid on the stones and sprinkled with water to cool it it is then weighed out in pieces of a hundred and twelve fifty six twenty eight twenty one fourteen seven and three and a half pounds weight these are either taken round in a cart to the carriers or at about five the carriers call at the yard to purchase and continue doing so till twelve in the day the price is fourteen shillings per hundredweight in winter and sixteen shillings in summer the tripe is served out at twelve pounds for sixpence all this is for cats and dogs the carriers then take the meat round town wherever their walk may lie they sell it to the public at the rate of twopence halfpenny per pound and in small pieces on skewers at a farthing a halfpenny and a penny each some carriers will sell as much as a hundredweight in a day and about half a hundredweight is the average quantity disposed of by the carriers in london some sell much cheaper than others these dealers will frequently knock at the doors of persons whom they have seen served by another on the previous day and show them that they can let them have a larger quantity of meat for the same money the class of persons belonging to the business are mostly those who have been unable to obtain employment at their trade occasionally a person is bred to it having been engaged as a lad by some carrier to go round with the barrow and assist him in his business these boys will after a time find a walk for themselves beginning first with a basket and ultimately rising to a barrow many of the carriers give light weight to the extent of two ounces and four ounces in the pound at one yard alone near upon one hundred carriers purchase meat and there are upon an average one hundred and fifty horses slaughtered there every week each slaughterhouse may be said to do one with another sixty horses per week throughout the year which reckoning the london slaughterhouses at twelve gives a total of seven hundred and twenty horses killed every week in the metropolis or in round numbers thirty seven thousand five hundred in the course of the year the london cat and dogs meat carriers or sellers nearly all men number at the least one thousand 
the slaughtermen are said to reap large fortunes very rapidly indeed the carriers say they coin the money many of them retire after a few years and take large farms one after twelve years business retired with several thousand pounds and has now three large farms the carriers are men women and boys very few women do as well as the men at it the carriers are generally sad drunkards out of five hundred it is said three hundred at least spend one pound a head a week in drink one party in the trade told me that he knew a carrier who would often spend ten shillings in liquor at one sitting the profit the carriers make upon the meat is at present only a penny per pound in the summer time the profit per pound is reduced to a half penny owing to the meat being dearer on account of its scarcity the carriers give a great deal of credit indeed they take but little ready money on some days they do not come home with more than two shillings one with a middling walk pays for his meat seven shillings and sixpence per day for this he has half a hundredweight this produces him as much as eleven shillings and sixpence so that his profit is four shillings which i am assured is about a fair average of the earnings of the trade one carrier is said to have amassed one thousand pounds at the business he usually sold from one and a half to two hundredweight every morning so that his profits were generally from sixteen shillings to one pound per day but the trade is much worse now there are so many at it they say that there is barely a living for any a carrier assured me that he seldom went less than thirty and frequently forty miles through the streets every day the best districts are among the houses of tradesmen mechanics and labourers the coachmen in the mews at the back of the squares are very good customers the work lays thicker there said my informant old maids are bad though very plentiful customers they cheapen the carriers down so that they can scarcely live at the business they will pay one halfpenny and owe another and forget that after a day or two the catsmeat dealers generally complain of their losses from bad debts their customers require credit frequently to the extent of one pound one party owes me fifteen shillings now said a carrier to me and many ten shillings in fact very few people pay ready money for the meat the carriers frequently serve as much as ten pennyworths to one person in a day one gentleman has as much as four pounds of meat each morning for two newfoundland dogs and there was one woman a black who used to have as much as sixteen pennyworth every day this person used to get out on the roof of the house and throw it to the cats on the tiles by this she brought so many stray cats round about the neighbourhood that the parties in the vicinity complained it was quite a nuisance she would have the meat always brought to her before ten in the morning or else she would send to a shop for it and between ten and eleven in the morning the noise and cries of the hundreds of stray cats attracted to the spot was terrible to hear when the meat was thrown to the cats on the roof the riot and confusion and fighting was beyond description a beer-shop man i was told was obliged to keep five or six dogs to drive the cats from his walls there was also a mad woman in islington who used to have fourteen pounds of meat a day the party who supplied her had his money often at two pounds and three pounds at a time she had as many as thirty cats at times in her house every stray one that came she would take in and support 
the stench was so great that she was obliged to be ejected the best days for the cat's meat business are mondays tuesdays and saturdays a double quantity of meat is sold on the saturday and on that day and monday and tuesday the weekly customers generally pay my father was a baker by trade said her carrier to me but through an enlargement of the heart he was obliged to give up working at his trade leaning over the trough increased his complaint so severely that he used to fall down and be obliged to be brought home this made him take to the cats and dogs meat trade and he brought me up to it i do pretty comfortably i have a very good business having been all my life at it if it wasn't for the bad debts i should do much better but some of the people i trust leave the houses and actually take in a double quantity of meat the day before i suppose there is at the present moment as much as twenty pounds owing to me that i never expect to see a farthing of the generality of the dealers wear a shiny hat black plush waistcoat and sleeves a blue apron corduroy trousers and a blue and white spotted handkerchief round their necks some indeed will wear two and three handkerchiefs round their necks this being fashionable among them a great many meet every friday afternoon in the donkey market smithfield and retire to a public house adjoining to spend the evening a cat's meat carrier who supplied me with information was more comfortably situated than any of the poorer classes that i have yet seen he lived in the front room of a second floor in an open and respectable quarter of the town and his lodgings were the perfection of comfort and cleanliness in an humble sphere it was late in the evening when i reached the house i found the carrier and his family preparing for supper in a large morocco leather easy chair sat the cat's meat carrier himself his blue apron and black shiny hat had disappeared and he wore a dress coat and a black satin waistcoat instead his wife who was a remarkably pretty woman and of very attractive manners wore a dolly varden cap placed jauntily at the back of her head and a drab merino dress the room was cosily carpeted and in one corner stood a mahogany crib with cane-work sides in which one of the children was asleep on the table was a clean white tablecloth and the room was savoury with the steaks and mashed potatoes that were cooking on the fire indeed i have never yet seen greater comfort in the abodes of the poor the cleanliness and wholesomeness of the apartment were the more striking from the unpleasant associations connected with the calling it is believed by one who has been engaged at the business for twenty-five years that there are from nine hundred to one thousand horses averaging two hundred weight of meat each little and big boiled down every week so that the quantity of cats and dogs meat used throughout london is about two hundred thousand pounds per week and this sold at the rate of twopence halfpenny per pound gives two thousand pounds a week for the money spent in cats and dogs meat or upwards of one hundred thousand pounds a year which is at the rate of one hundred pounds worth sold annually by each carrier the profits of the carriers may be estimated at about fifty pounds each per annum the capital required to start in this business varies from one pound to two pounds the stock money needed is between five shillings and ten shillings the barrow and basket weights and scales knife and steel or blackstone costs about two pounds when new and from fifteen shillings to four shillings second hand end of section twenty nine